It's time for the Ragin' Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Regus will get the carry, and he's pushing his way in, and he is in! Touchdown, Louisiana! And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Ragin' Cajun Army. Matt Miguez here. You're there. How was your weekend? Mine was good. It was homecoming. Cajuns against New Mexico State. And it was a dandy. 66 to 38 was the final score. School second highest scoring output for the Cajuns. School record for total yards. But before we get into that, I have a treat for you. From 1994... To 1996, this guy was a stud in the UL secondary. Posted 135 tackles his senior year. Finished his career with 243 tackles, six interceptions, and four sacks. And then he also went on to have a 12-year AFL career. And I am chatting with the great Damon Mason. Mr. Damon, what's going on, sir? What's going on, Miguel? How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How was your weekend back in Cajun country? Man, it was awesome. Awesome, excellent, and another way to put it, I, I was telling people today, I said, you know, being back, I mean, back at home in Georgia, naturally, and yesterday, my wife went back to work, my kids went back to school, and I was able to reflect by myself in my house, and it was like it was a dream. <laughs> it was, it was that, it was that so real for me that a while it's like was this was I, was I dreaming because this thing it, everything was perfect I, I couldn't it was it was beyond my expectations that's awesome and by the way let me extend my congratulations to you on being inducted into the Louisiana Athletics Hall of Fame appreciate that thank you all right so let's let's get into the Cajuns football team this year um I, I know that you've probably been watching from at home in Georgia and I know that Saturday was your first time actually being at a game this season. Correct. As a whole, what did you think about the team? Well, I tell you what, I was very excited, uh, and I told I had the opportunity to meet Coach Napier before the game. And as I told him on Twitter, I said I'm very excited one to meet you in person, and two, I'm very excited to to see your offensive system. You know, I mean, when he got hired, I heard so many so, so many read so many great things about his offensive mind and the system that he had, so I wanted to see that. Um, but I think it was it, I think it was a good game. I tried my best to watch the entire game, but, you know, there was a lot of events going on even throughout the game. Uh, but I was very impressed with the offense. Um, a win is a win. You know, six, six points is awesome for the offense, but giving them 31 points, you know, is a little bit, you know, you know if you're a true defensive guy, you know, you don't give, give up that many points. But once again, a win is a win. So it just goes to tell you that you have to play – all facets of the game, as everybody's been hearing for years, offense, defense, and special teams. So defense can always get better, and offense needs to steady improving. You know what I'm saying? You're only as good as your last game, and you're not as good as you think, girl, but you're not as bad either. So I just hope, hopefully they, they take this in, into consideration, don't get too too up, uh, too down, and just, you know, each week it's a different different opponent, and go back to uh, back to basics. Right, and, and as, as you said, you're a true – defensive guy what do you think the defense could work on to get better down the stretch well i tell you uh once again 
not being able to pinpoint and pinpoint me and watch it like I wanted to because you got you know your kids running around autographs and just talking and everything was just so wonderful as I said. But when you when you give up thirty one points, which is not bad, but it's not good. For me, it's always go back to basics. Do the little things right, you know, which starts in practice, which starts in uh, how you prepare before practice in you know your field time, you know, feel feel stuff. I mean, film study, not you know. In one of my uh, my Twitter posts to the team, you know, I told them in college I learned how to watch film compared to how I watched film in high school. All right, and then once I got to high school and started playing on a professional level in the football league, I learned how to study film. You know what I'm saying? See, those two different two different terms and there's two different meanings. There's a difference between watching film and studying film. When you study film, you learn all the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and all the, the nuances of your opponent. So when you come into the game, you know what your opponent doing before they do it. And when you see certain formations, certain stands, certain tendencies, certain this, certain that, down the distance yards, you like, okay, I remember this stuff because I studied the film so much that I was prepared for this game. And to be honest with you, that's what I did preparing for Texas A&M when I caught my first interception for a touchdown. I saw a formation. I knew what they was going to do. I even knew that when the receiver came down in motion, he was going to try to crack me. So when he tried to crack me and miss me, well, I dodged him. The quarterback threw the ball anyway. I caught an easy touchdown. The same thing we did in practice, so it just transferred to the to the game. So studying film, the difference, once again, the difference between watching film and studying film and tackling. You have to practice tackling. You can't be afraid to miss tackles and fly around. And that's why you play the four quarters. Things going to happen. Adversity is going to happen. But you fly around full speed and you always continue to try to get better. Don't ever think that you're too good, but at the same time, don't ever beat yourself up. Each play is a new play. Absolutely. 110% every single down. As I said earlier, chatting with the great Cajun legend Damon Mason. And it's actually funny that you mention the Texas A&M game, Mace, because... One of the questions that I wanted to ask you: What was your favorite moment in a Cajuns uniform? Well, it was it was definitely that game. Um, everything about that game, everything leading up to that game. You know, as I shared with the people this past weekend, you know, we played. You know, people if they remember, we played Florida the first game. You know, and I had a, a pretty great game, uh, and just the defense, the way we played against that against Florida, we knew that well. Florida is a passing team. You know what I'm saying? And it, it basically beat us on passing, and we had a lot of turnovers on offense. So, you know, that's just the way it was back then. So we didn't care if offense turned the ball over or not. You know, when offense turned the ball over, that just gave us a chance to get on the field much, much faster on defense and make plays happen. So then when you're preparing for the Texas A&M, A&M game that year and you're realizing their strength was running, well, you know, I'm a strong safety. So if, the, if in order for them to run, the tight end has to block. That frees me up. So with me free – and you think you're just going to run left, right, up and down my field? <laughs> no. You know, so I was very excited, needless to say, preparing for that game. Uh, so that, that was, the, that was the, the, the ultimate feeling, you know, as I said, catching the interception, scoring the touchdown, and, and doing, catching the interception at the end of the game to seal the victory, watching Britt catch the interception, watching Charles Johnson recover a fumble. You know what I'm saying? Just everything we did, man. Of course, the fans, the pet rally the night before the game. Telling the people I was gonna catch, well, telling them my students, at my my fellow students, classmates, I should say that I was gonna catch two interceptions, just predicting that man. So it was just it was just a, a overall a great a great atmosphere. And then after the game, of course, them tearing down the the goalposts and then meeting a whole 
bunch of former Raising Cajuns from years and years past and just seeing them with tears in their eyes thanking me and telling me how proud they are, man. So that was just, you know, that all, the whole night, the whole week, as I say, even leading up to the game was just awesome. What I would have done to have been alive when that <laughs> night happened. Maybe feel old. <laughs> um, be, being that I'm only 21 years old, I was not born yet when you guys took down A&M back in 96. But, uh, well, I tell you what. With that being said, there's a there's a great move, and this gentleman just passed sometime, sometime ago this year. Um, one of my favorite movies called the uh, The Great Ghost, uh, by a running back who played at LSU. And so, you know, I I grew up watching movies like that. You know, wondering how it would feel to have the the winning hit in baseball or winning touchdown or winning this and you know in football, even basketball, even though I played basketball. So to actually to to have that happen to me in college, man, was like my own movie that I was living out. You know, The Natural, that's one of my greatest movies of all time as well. So it, it, trust me, man, if you, when you watch these movies, I can tell you these things happen for real. You know, people just didn't make this stuff up. You know, this stuff actually happens, and I'm just blessed and grateful to know that I had the opportunity to, to live out my own dream. <laughs> right, right. Um, Damon, let me ask you, uh, Michael Jaquette has been a – was a receiver for the Cajuns for the first couple of years as he was on campus. And this year he okay. made the tradition the transition, should I say, to defensive back. What what have you okay. what have you seen out of him that you, you know, appreciate as a, a fellow defensive back? Let me make sure now it, it was I can't lie, but I was, it was hard for me to to focus. What number is he? Number eleven. Okay. Okay, I remember this young man. Well, he have he has good size. He has good size and withstand the one game I remember, of course, was the Alabama game. I right, think I, right. He had I think a... I see more of of the Alabama game on TV than I did this this homecoming. Right, right. right so, but as a defensive back, man, you know, you have to understand, as a cornerback, I should say, your number one responsibility is pass. I mean, it's, it's being disciplined. Defense – as much as we we used to say with Orlando Thomas and you know guys like Jeff Mitchell and stuff like that, we you know we used to say stuff like you know no class no discipline. We just wanted to fly around and hit anything moving. But we understood that we had to be disciplined, not just in our techniques, but in our responsibilities. So you fast forward to years and years, and then I learned how to be a cornerback. I'm sorry, I learned the art of covering playing arena football. Right, that's 99.9 percent passing. See, in college that was strong safety. I literally just ran around just hit anything and everything moving. So when I watch these young guys in college, in high school or in college, like this young man, Jacquette, you're playing against Alabama. Okay, they might be a running team, but you're a cornerback. What's your number one responsibility? You play the pass first. So if you be disciplined in your technique, be disciplined in your responsibilities with your coaches telling you, you're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? That's why there's 11 people on the football field. With you, you got 10 more. Do your job and trust that your teammates going to do your job. Now, you have the size. You have the abilities, or you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be playing and, Division One football. trust your abilities and trust your coaches' game plan and trust your teammates to ex- execute their responsibilities, then you have chaos. And that's why in the first half against Alabama, there was chaos. You know what I'm saying? That's, I mean, to have somebody wide open – that's just simply being you undisciplined. It's as simple as that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, and and, and, that's, and that's for him and, and all of them, offense or defense. Do your job. Do your job, and everything will be all right. 
Right, and and, and as you said, the the undisciplinedness of the Cajuns' defense that's been a a big issue for the Cajuns so far this season. What are transitioning into that? Um, I don't know if you've seen a whole lot of our opponent this weekend in Appalachian State, but their defense is phenomenal at forcing the turnover. Right. So as an right. as, for our offense, you know what what's the what's kind of the game plan to to protect the football? Should we keep it on the ground more? Should we should no. we should we trust like the receivers said, in the air? Yeah. Well. Right. Well, I, I think you make them play to your strengths. You don't play, you know what I'm saying, you don't change your game plan, so to speak, on their strengths. You know what I'm saying? Now, from offense perspective, offense really has to be more disciplined. But you got to execute your game plan. All right? There are some things, you know, a coach might say, you know what, based on what they do defensively, you know what I'm saying, well, we don't want to do that because, you know, they, they might be prepared for that, so we're going to do something totally different. But at the same time, if we do something extremely well, we shouldn't stop doing what we're doing extremely well. You know what I'm saying? Now, what the defense can do in practice, which is what we did, and I watched Orlando Thomas do this here, I'm going to practice stripping my teammates in practice. So that's going to do two things. Actually, that's going to do several things. One, it's going to make me better for the game because it's going to become like breathing. It's going to become like just a normal thing. Breathing is normal. So when I get in the game, it's going to be normal for me to go for a strip. Hence, we have so many turnovers against Texas A&M, forced fumbles. Now, because I do it in practice, it's going to make my offensive teammates understand, well, man, I formed in practice. You know what? I'm glad it happened in practice, so now I don't want this to happen in the game. So if my defense is trying to get better by practicing forcing fumbles, I'm also going to make my offense better to do what? Protect on turning the ball over. Right, so right. people in practice just to make practice easy and get through practice, so you can go back to the dorm and do whatever you want to do. But guess what? When you come into a game against a team that's preparing for you, the way we did for A&M and the Appalachian State is doing what they did, do so well, well, guess what? You, you, you can't expect to have a lot of turnovers because you didn't practice on one, protecting the ball. In defense, you didn't make your offense work harder. I'm saying cause if your ones go against your ones or even if your two guns go against your ones, you should make each other better. Imagine Damon Mason and Orlando Thomas, even though I was a sophomore when Orlando was a senior. But imagine all those guys who we, who we had, all the great guys on offense and defense, going against each other. Jake DeLone, Brandon Stokely, Damon Mason, Bridge Jackson. You know, we competed. So we got in the games. It was like, man, we didn't care who we played. I just Brandon Stokely every day. That boy catch everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, Ralph, he, he Ralph didn't Ralph drop many balls. In, 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 in practice. So and, I come against somebody else. In college, well, you ain't better than Stokely to me. Right, right. Best. So we practice. So those those offense and defensive guys can make each other better. And, and that's what I think this is a do. You know, don't worry about who they play. Watch what they do. I'm saying watch what they do. Understand how they play the game. Then now you prepare for that. And you make each other work each other work harder, offense, defense. Right, right. And we and, did. And and like you like you said, you were teammates with both Jake Delhomme and Brandon Stokely. What what was it like being being on the field with those guys on a daily basis, and you know becoming becoming brothers with with guys like Stokely and Delhomme? It was fun. It was fun because and we became brothers because we fought almost every day. <laughs> we fought each other. We 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 talked trash to each other. We competed every day. But then you know like like real brothers. Honestly, you know, if you know me and Jake clowned about this yesterday, or well, Saturday morning at the parade, you know that 
we talked so much trash, and you know Nelson Stokely, the head coach, of course Brandon's dad, he was he was a true offensive guy, being a former quarterback. You know, so he was more geared around offense, beating, making defense look bad in practice. And so if, if offense was doing that, he was happy, which naturally made our defensive coaches very very mad. And so when so this would happen, when offense looked good, Stokely happy, defensive coaches get mad, fuss at us. Defensive coaches fuss at us. We get in the huddle and say, okay, next day we're going to start a fight. <laughs> and that's what we did. You know what I'm saying? And then when we, set the, when we set the offense down, Stokely might get mad and say, you know what, start practice over with. You know, start it over. So we talk, we fuss, we fuss, we argue, we talk trash. But then come on, come game day, you know, we were, we were down for each other. We were prepared. And that's how we prepare. We prepare every day as if it was game day. Yeah, and, and, and that's really the way that, that a lot of these – these elite coaches like Nick Saban and and Jimbo Fisher and um, guys like that Dabo Sweeney, you know that, that mm-hmm. that's that's what they preach. You know, you you, you practice like you play, and right. I know I know Napier having worked for both Sweeney and Saban, I know he's preaching a lot of their ways to the Cajuns this year, right. and and one one of the big things is doing the little things, right? Like and see, like you said, mind, with, with, with that being said. It's not about point and finger. See, when offense was on the field, we sat down. We didn't even watch offense. We were talking amongst ourselves and just catching out, you know, saving, conserving our energy. And we here if we here third down, we got ready for punt. If we heard, you know, four down, we got ready. But when off, offense was on the field, we relaxed ourselves. Because so we we never want to be in a position where defense we point the finger at offense. Oh man, y'all turn the ball over. Or offense to the defense. Oh man, y'all giving up this. Year. Nah, y'all do y'all thing, man. We know what y'all can do. We know what y'all capable of doing. Right, and so, so that was that was the brotherhood in the in the game. It's too easy to point fingers, and I'm saying that because right now, what Coach Navy wants to build, he wants to build a culture, and that culture that culture starts in practice with the mindset on how you treat each other, and now the, with the championship culture that he wants to bring, see, the foundation is already there because it starts with the head. The head, where the head goes, the tail follows. But now, the biggest difference between, I guess you could say, from 1994 really 93 to 96 when we left as we beat A&M, we took the initiative as players. We challenged each other, and that's where it came in with how we compete. See, our coaches didn't tell us to compete like every day was a game. We challenged each other. The coaches don't have to do this here. See, when those players at, the, at UL take the initiative that they want to have a championship culture and win championships, think about it. You know I'm not lying. No, no, you're you're, play, you're spot because on. Play, because players play. Coaches can only coach, but when you go out there, you eleven on offense, defense, and special teams. You have to execute. Right, right. The, the coaches, the coaches can only implement. Themselves. Not just at practice, and of course, not just on game day, but at the dorms, watching film. You know, getting together, talking, hanging amongst themselves. I mean, we used to all around that field, man. We talking about things that we want to accomplish, not just in football, but in life, and those things transfer to the football field right right um so as, as we as we discussed earlier this weekend was hall of fame weekend doing being that it was homecoming you got inducted into the hall of fame thinking and as you said you had to you had a chance yesterday to look back at the weekend what was your favorite moment of this past weekend if you have one. Oh man it was so many. Oh man, it was so many. Uh, but I think I, as 
I can't lie. Talking with Jake and just laughing and clowning with him was, was at the top of my list. That's the first one I would think of because, you know, after what he accomplished, you know, he went to the NFL naturally. I went to arena football. And we crossed paths once when we were both in Florida. He was with the NFL Europe, and, of course, I was with Orlando with Jay Gruden. And just watching him and watching him. And then for us, to, after all those years meeting Saturday morning, it was like we had never left taking practice and just talking trash to each other. You know what I'm saying? And the best part about it is I got it all on, on Facebook, on Facebook Live, you know, just, just having fun. And then from there, the next thing will have to be just watching my kids soak it up. You know, of course, my wife there, I see how proud she was. You know, but having my kids experience that, you know what I'm saying? And because they, they hear about daddy this and daddy, you know, my son's only nine and six. I can promise you, and especially my oldest, you know, he ate it up. You know, he he ate it up, and that's and I would say the next one would have to be just the, those athletes. Of I knew Coach Bruce all, I knew of them, and of course Gerard, as I shared with them, they had set the standard for us. You know, back in the days, the raising kids on football team really wasn't all that, but the softball team always been great to me, and of course the baseball team. Right, and right. So I so I told them, you know, sometimes we used to stop and watch the girls practice at softball because I, you know, the practice field was right there. You know. Uh, but the other athletes, you know, uh, Scott, man, he's a walk-on. You know what I'm saying? I think I was the oldest athlete, so Scott was a walk-on, and to hear his stories, you know, we all had stories of trials and tribulations and overcoming adversity and perseverance and, you know, with patience and, of course, faith, you know. But him being a walk-on to go to the, you know, to, to accomplish everything that he had to accomplish, that he did accomplish. And then, then Tiffany, you know, coming from Southern California, not, and she says not even playing softball, and for her to have – to make the what, All-American three times. And, of course, Anna coming from, from Russia, barely speaking English, and just dominating in college, not just in college, but on every level she's played in. So, man, just to hear those stories and being around those cultures, it was like, wow. And as we say, as, as you can hear, I remember these stories like that, so we are forever bond, and we, we, I plan on keeping in contact with everybody. So those three things are at the top of my list. Right, right. Um, I, I saw some pictures and some videos from the Hall of Fame weekend, and it looked like that uh, that you guys were having a good time together. One more question before before I let you go, Damon. Halfway through the year, the Cajuns are three and three. You have a we have a tough stretch coming up with App State this weekend, Arkansas State mm-hmm. back home next week, and then we go to Troy. How do you how do you see the Cajuns last half of the year panning out? Wow, that's a tough question, and the reason why it's a tough question because it depends on them. You know, as I said when they play Alabama, you know, your mindset has to be is I don't care who you play. It, it doesn't matter. It's how you prepare for who you play. You know, every team is going to be different, so your preparation has to be different. But you have to be willing to sacrifice and do the things that you normally wouldn't do. Now, granted, honestly, Miguel, I'm talking from now a professional level. Because, see, like I told you, in college, we watch film. I watched film, but when I became a professional, I learned how to study film. So my message to them would be, if you guys want to win every game or go out there and play your best and prepare, you need to be willing to sacrifice, spend more time studying film, watching not just down the distance, but watching how they stand, how they run their routes, where they line up. First quarter, what are they doing in the first quarter? You know what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what you hear all, all these coaches on every level talk about being a student of the game. I didn't really become a student of the game until I got to the professional level. In college, I was a great athlete. As I told you, 
I watch film. I watch enough film that I saw tendencies. And you know what I'm saying? So if, they, if I can share anything with them, if you won't prepare for greatness, and I just said it, you have to prepare for greatness. If you want to be a pro for your seniors, stop practicing like a pro right now. And the key word is practice. Start preparing as a pro right now. And watch how your game will change. Your coaches, I met, I met, I told you, I met Coach Napier, man, and I put it on Twitter. When I looked in his eyes, I, I felt the energy from a, a head coach that I love to feel. He had me so excited to meet him. He had me hyped, not knowing what to expect before the game starts. Yes, I'm Damon Mason, the Hall of Fame and everything, but I told you, I said, I'm humble. I'm anxious to meet you. And when I met him, man, I shook his hand, I looked at him. If I, and he's, he's a little bit younger than me. If I'm a player, he reminds me of a Tim Repo, of a Jay Gruden. And I mentioned th- those two to him because I would do anything to make those guys happy. Right, right. And so these, these players, they going to set the tone for how they want to finish out. I don't care who they play. They could be playing Alabama again. But how they practice, how they prepare, how they challenge each other. If, they take the, uh, if they're willing to take the initiative, and do some different things, and that's what Coach Napier is saying. You have to be willing to do what championship teams do. You know what I'm saying? When they when they get to that point, so they got the coach. They got the coaches for that. Now the players, if the coaches can't make them play, the coaches can't make them do all the little things. These players gotta do the little things. Now I understand why the coaches say, "Well, you know what? This is what we have, and we did a, a pretty good job with our recruiting class." But now I can tell, just based on everything I've been reading over since 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 the uh, the summer, what he's looking for. He's looking for those guys who have that it factor. Right, right. So I would tell these I would tell these Razor Cadets right now who are there. This is your this is your opportunity to prove that you have it, because if you don't have it, guess what? Your coaches are going to go look for those players who do have that do have it. Right, right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And and I think I think that there's a I think we agree that there's a lot of guys in the Vermilion and White this year that have the it factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I think like you said, it's yeah, just go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think like you said, it's just going to come down to who wants to show everybody else that they have it. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, exactly. See, in the two young men at the top of my list is the quarterback Nunez, and and of course number nine. You know, I gotta go with number nine. <laughs> yeah, Trey Trey Regis is a Trey, is a wrecking Regis. machine. That's how that's how that's how I saw him. Like, who's the red number nine? And so now watch them, and I be printing them on Twitter, and so they both remind me of me. And what do I mean? When and, I was at when I was there, I was like, man, I can't. I'm sorry, I got a lot of notes. I'm at work. Hold on. I can't base my my life and my desires on Trey Jackson, Brandon Sokol, Jake Alone. Right, right. Because no matter how good they are, I only can go pro if that's my ultimate goal. But the world, I can only go pro for what I do. Right? right, right, absolutely. So I have to go out there and do my best to prove myself worth, not just here, but that I'm I'm fit and working to go to the next level. Right, right. All right. So that's taking the initiative for yourself. And so I show and so I learned I learned from my experiences as a raging kid and of course on a professional level, you know, we all say there's no eye in the word team. But I tell people, you mean you know what? I believe there's a hidden eye in the word team. I grew up, there's no eye in the word team. But guess what? 
When you're in high school, individuals get scholarships, not teams. When you're in college, individuals sign contracts, not teams. Yeah, no, I mean, you have a point. They're traded, not teams. So even though you're part of a team concept, every individual got to do the best for themselves. So I wanted to prove that I have it, that I had it back then. But then what I did was because I am a team, I, I consider myself a, 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 a team player, a great team teammate, I challenged my other players. Me and Britt talk. We talk. Hey, man, if you don't hit, just hold him up. I'm coming. Just make sure you move. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Because I'm going to hit both of y'all. Yeah, you have so, each other's back always, right? Exactly. So, and, and so I shared this with uh, Nunez. I think that's his name, the quarterback, number seven. Right. I said, man, keep doing what you're doing, and don't be afraid to share not just your faith, but share your leadership qualities with your teammates. And you'll be, you'll be amazed how one by one they're going to start flocking. They're going to start flocking. They're gonna, I saw Orlando Thomas do what he did. And so I said, man, if this is what you got to do to go pro, I'm going to do exactly what he did. And then that's how you build a team. If every individual, my brother, if every individual do their best for themselves, think about how much better a team will be. And that's what build championship teams at every level. That's my opinion. Damon Mason here with me on the Raging Cajun Army. Damon, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, congrats again on the Hall of Fame induction, and maybe we'll be able to talk either later this year or next season. Hey man, I appreciate the opportunity and keep doing keep doing a good a good job. And you have my number. We 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 hooked up on social media. So anytime you need me, man, I'll be honored. I appreciate that, Damon. You have a good night. All right. Hey, right, take care, buddy. There he goes, Damon Mason, here on the Raging Cajun Army. Now we're going to get into a little bit more of the matchup that is Louisiana and Appalachian State. You heard Damon talking about Andre Nunez. And Nunez is off to a good start. 84 of 123. He's got a completion percentage of about 68.3, which is pretty solid for uh, a quarterback, especially at the college level. He's approaching 1,100 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, only four interceptions. He has a passing rating of 165.06, which, again, impressive numbers by the senior leader. And then if you look to the rushing, it's Trey Regis running the show. 90 carries, 611 yards, four touchdowns. And then Elijah Mitchell closely behind him, 61 carries, 466 yards, seven touchdowns. So Mitchell's been the scoring machine while Regis has really been the setup guy. So the the rushing offense obviously isn't an issue for the Cajuns, and I, I don't think that it ever was in question this year. And then receiving-wise, Nunez's number one target has been Jamarcus Bradley, 17 catches, 284 yards, and six touchdowns so far on the year. He's having a breakout senior season um, and, a, and a good guy for it to happen to, so I'm really really happy about that for him but if we look at it now we look at the matchup app state is a wrecking machine all right zach thomas their quarterback pretty sure he's a freshman i could be wrong but i i'm i'm almost he's a sophomore he's a sophomore out of Trussville, Alabama, 70 of 112 on the year for 1,040 yards, 10 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And obviously their, their stud running back in Jalen Moore 
400 yards on the year and six touchdowns. He he was a dynamic back, but sadly, you know, for for them, he broke his ankle last week. He's done for the year. His career at App State is over as he was a senior this year. I imagine he'll go pro in some degree, but like I said, his career in a Mountaineers uniform is over. And the thing that's really scary about App State is they're dynamic on offense and defense. They average about 500 yards of offense a game, 48 points, and they've only allowed 15 points and 288 yards. So what does that mean for us? Well, we average offensively a little less than App State does, but our defense gives up way more than theirs does. ESPN has it at a 26.5 point spread, a 96.6% chance, according to the Football Power Index, that App State will defeat UL. I think it's going to be a little closer than that, but, you know, I'm not going to bet against the Mountaineers in this one just being real. 2.30 kickoff from Boone, North Carolina. It can be caught on ESPN Plus, or you can listen like you do every week. Turn down the sound on ESPN. Turn up ESPN 1420 with Jay Walker, Chris Lano, and Cody Juno bringing you all the action. We have it here on ESPN 1420. Again, appreciate my bosses letting me use the 1420 Studios to record my podcast each and every week. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud.com. I will post the link to Facebook and Twitter. But guys, that's about going to wrap it up for this week. Tough week for the Cajuns this week. App State is the favorite to win the Sunbelt Conference, so it'll be it'll be a good one from from Boone if the Cajuns offense can produce near what they produced this past Saturday at homecoming. Like I said, I appreciate Damon Mason coming on. I appreciate his insight from inside the program as well as of a fan now. And so it was fun chatting with him. Hope to do it again. And guys, that's about gonna wrap it up for the week. So we will see you guys after the App State game. Go Cajuns. <laughs>